Mic check. Mic check. Check a one, two. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Cheers, man. Oh, yeah. We got that Koval again. Oh, Chicago's we best. Gotta, we got to go hit Benny soon. I know. Got to get a couple more batches of different bourbons. I know. Shut but this up. is good, though. Oh, man. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this bourbon. Yeah. Chicago did right. And they started out as a, I mean, they started selling clear spirits, which most, a lot of bourbon uh, distillers do based on the information we got when we were on the bourbon trail in Louisville, is that they they have to, uh, these bourbon makers, they're going to wait, what, 10 years or so, let's say five years, let's say it's five years for a barrel to age. So in the meantime, you got to make some money. So you're not sell just going to moonshine. So you got to sell your gin. They make gin. Oh yeah. And they make, I don't think they make vodka um, because it's gotta be a certain percentage and gin doesn't need it. Like, well, I guess they could make vodka, yeah. but most of them said they made gin is when we were there. Well, what I also know is that during the pandemic, they also made fucking hand sanitizer. Oh, so God, shout yeah. out to Koval yeah. for yeah. stepping up. Yeah. So uh, this week, dude, I, um, you know, we talked about, I'm coaching Tucker's football team. Yeah. And, um, we uh, we have a scrimmage against these two teams, and at what age group is this? It's uh, well, he's going into fourth grade, so he plays on a fourth and fifth grade team. Okay, and so um, he is playing guard, and he's probably the. I mean, there's not many fourth graders on this fifth grade team, so he's one of the smaller guys. But he's a actual pretty big kid for fourth grade. But you're playing kids that could be two years older than you because of their age, their the birth date. When their birth date is, yeah. Exactly. And so there's some kids that are pretty – in that age range, man, I noticed that these kids grow. Like like between the fourth grade and, like, say, sixth grade, it's like a major growth spurt that they get. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's two spurts, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. your – well, I've been growing year by year. Mm-hmm. And then – you like hit this peak in elementary school where you're like, I'm the tall person in elementary school yeah. or I'm like the tall person going into middle school. Yeah. And then number two comes. Cause I think, you know, like the girls probably start, you know, growing. Cause I remember middle school, there were a lot of girls towering over me way taller. Yeah. And then by the time I got to high school, yeah. it was like switching. I'm like, man, yeah. you're short now right. compared to what you were. Yep. And so, uh, that's only to be said because when you look at the team, He's the smaller kid out there. And, uh, and so he's a, a guard and he's, he's done well. He actually, you know, got a position that I don't think anybody thought he would be playing, but he's kind of tough nosed and he doesn't really care. He'll stick his nose in there and, you know, get dirty. And, uh, which I his love. Dad proud. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> but, uh, so they're down on like the five yard line. And they're going into score on a scrimmage. Okay. So it's not, it doesn't count necessarily, but, um, he's a pulling, he's pulling on this play and he, he pulls for people that maybe don't know football. They're just getting out in front of the play and you're blocking for the running back. And so he pulls, he comes around the corner and there's this outside linebacker standing right there. And he doesn't even necessarily see him until the last second. And he turns his head and this outside linebacker launches him into the air both feet are off the ground and it wasn't a hard hit he just extended his arms right underneath his shoulder his uh shoulder pads and just launched Tucker yeah Yeah. and he lands on his back and he he (laughs) 
he pops up and he's I can tell it it hurt him and I'm like are you okay and he's like he shakes his head like yes and I'm like did you hit your head because I didn't know if like when he landed if the head hit his head right. hit the ground or whatever and he's like no and I'm like can you breathe and he's like shakes his head no <laughs> and I'm like oh he got the wind knocked out but he got up he popped up you know and I was like okay well at least he's okay and he got back to the huddle he kept playing and you know we checked him out made sure his head was fine and uh it when you look at the film you go back and uh and actually it's crazy because Wait, we you have barely film for these yeah, kids? I know that's exactly what I was gonna say it's Man, like I a... barely have high school film and these kids are like we we like break down film we had film night tonight. We break down film with the kids and show them the film. This is some it's, Texas shit, bro. It is. For me, <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. It's amazing. And so uh, he goes, He goes. It, this was last week, right? And so like the next day he goes, Dad, I remember that kid. I remember his eyes. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, I think that's the kid that when I was on defense, he was blocking me. And he goes, do you remember the play where – I tackled the guy in the backfield and there's this play. He plays defensive end on defense and he, he came up Tucker the field. Does. Tucker does. Yeah. He came up the field and this guy tried to block him. And then, and he pushed his, that guy back into the backfield and the running back got the ball and the running back ran into the guy that was trying to block Tucker basically. And they, and Tucker pushed them both over on the ground. Nice. That was the guy that launched him into oblivion. He'd been waiting and for this. He moment. had been waiting for this moment. He saw Tucker. We scored a touchdown on this play. He didn't care about the running back. He went right for Tucker and was like, I'm going to light you up. So he gave up a touchdown just to prove this to point. Prove of like, I can, I'm doing this. I'm going to dominate This you. was his villain origin story. I'm like, yeah. You took, you tried to take my soul. Oh my God. He I'm was taking like, it back. Dad, I remember his eyes. I remember his <laughs> eyes, bro. When he said it to I was like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. It's awesome, man. So uh, what are we talking about this week? Honestly, man, <clears throat> you know, you're coaching the football team, junior Patriots. We got this third, fourth, fifth grader skills and drills going yeah. on. I feel like this is the the topic about, you know, the kids episode. Yeah. Talk about how we're doing raising like, these. Right now, what we're doing. Right, like, now, right now, raising how kids. are we raising kids? Cause you know, we talk about like how our lives changed when our kids were born yeah. and like those early stages. And now we're getting into, you know, heavier lifting when it comes to the kids. Yeah. You got a, uh, seventh grader. Yeah. And a fourth grader. Yeah. And I got a fifth grader and a second grader. Oh, second grade. Is this his first year at this new school? No, he's still in the same. I mean, um, was last year his first year at Sprague? Yeah. And now this is his second. His second. Year. Got it. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. his teacher yep. moved up a grade. Oh, so he so has, has the, the same, same one? teacher. That's awesome. And he liked her? Oh, he him? loved her. Her? Yeah. Her. Loved her. Um, that happened to Ellie when she was in first grade going into second. And yeah. then, then that same teacher got Tucker for first, I think, and second. It was crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And she was great. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Miss Houghton. Oh, I love it. Blaine Elementary. We'll have to do a teacher's episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about kids. I want to talk about, you know, with all the clients that I've had and 
I remember them that had teenagers mm -hmm. and they'd say, look, I know it sounds like this is the worst time, the worst part when you're in those toddler ages, but oh, it's like little man. kids, little problems, big yeah, kids, big, big problems. problems. Yeah. And you know, we're in this gray area now where you can see independence being pushed. Yeah. You know, we talk about all the time. Kids mm -hmm. are always exploring boundaries. Yeah. It's their job. Right. But what we don't talk about is our perspective yeah. of what we're seeing. Cause now I know how I react to stress, how I react to challenges. The boys either take permission to act the same. Mm. Yeah. Or they take a cue on like, that's how I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for example, miles, um, had some highs and lows within the last two weeks. Mm. So here's a high we're up North in Manaqua, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. And, uh, we go to the shop, right. And he finds these sunglasses and he's like, Oh, I want these. I like them. And you could tell too, like he feels confident in them. Right. And man, I feel like this is like breaking parent code. Like you don't talk about your kids, but I'm going to tell like this story, right? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we've all been there once where you found something in a style sense that you're like, I'm not going to not wear this ever. And so for like the next three days straight, this boy is wearing these sunglasses <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and not just that, like he's embodied this character of himself where it's like arms are resting on seat cushions with his legs <laughs> crossed and like... He's got the headphones now with like Eminem blasting through the stereo. He asked for a Spotify like on his uh, iPad so he can download songs now. He's putting a playlist together. And I'm like, I'm loving it in the sense of like, holy shit, man. That's really a little Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, dude. He really is. Because I'm like, what kind of I playlist you got? You say, I'm like, what are you putting on a, that I playlist? I need a playlist for Friday. <laughs> when are you going to step up so I can start stealing your playlist from my classes? What are you listening to? Um, and I actually have, he has a picture of me and my little brother. Um, I must've been shit, man. I must've been like 11, like pretty close to his age. Yeah. And, uh, we were, uh, visiting my grandparents in Seattle and I have these sunglasses on and this bright fucking colored, uh, <laughs> bomber jacket. That's like tangerine and then my little brother kevin has that's like fresh prince of bel-air big shit. time bro <laughs> but then i had the sunglasses that had the uh colored sides oh my that god matched the jacket yeah that's fresh prince 100 <laughs> and then my little brother had this lime green jacket that was like oh the same god. brand right but different colors oh my god and sure shit we're on a ferry going you know up to canada or some shit and, where were um, you did you start what? seattle why were you in Seattle? Oh, my my mom's family is from Seattle. So I was visiting okay. my grandparents in Seattle. I don't think we've ever even talked about that. I don't think we have either. That's crazy. So anyway, so I'm like leaning against the rail. <laughs> I got like this smirk on my face. And so seeing Miles and this, I'm like, oh, man. Fuck. I don't think we talk about like when we're exposed to the embarrassing moments of ourselves. Like you think you're so fucking cool, don't you? That was me, and spot, it flashes right? to that picture, 100%. and you go, oh, my God. I thought the same thing. 100%. And Miles has that picture. He has that picture. He has a picture with me and my parents. When oh, I no way. High school. Oh, my yeah, God. He has a picture of me playing football in high school. So he has pictures of me in his room, 
and this was the first one of all those pictures yeah. where I saw this like moment of similarity. So he has these sunglasses on. He's definitely not in the same place that Max is anymore. Like sometimes yeah. he plays with toys, but most of the time he's like, I'm not really into toys anymore. Right. And I'm watching this in real time. Like, Oh shit, here we go. Right. <clears throat> While Max is over here still holding on to like, yeah. Which, which is what he's supposed to be doing. Right. You know, Legos and whatever. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Making fucking dragons out of, pieces of Legos. Okay. So that's the high. <laughs> so now let's shift to the low. Yeah. So then the very next weekend we go up to visit some friends, uh, just outside of Kenosha, Wisconsin. And he's got his shades on, he's doing the pool. He's got his headphones and we're giving him the space, right? He's like, I'm the oldest one here. It's yeah. max. And then it's two other boys that are younger than max that we're seeing. So like they're yeah. in like those early stages. So then Miles goes, I just changed my passcode to my iPad. Oh. My parents don't even know what it is. Oh. And one of the other parents that was there is like, mm, you sure that's a good idea? You're going to remember it? <laughs> so then I don't know this happened, right? Oh, man. I'm walking in, uh, in to get like another drink or something. And I look over and he's like in tears, distraught. And all I keep hearing him say is like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And so he changed his passcode, didn't remember it. I was like, okay, let's just grab this and <laughs> figure out what you connected the numbers to. And when I press the iPad, it's like, you can't even try for like another three hours. <laughs> and so I asked him like, how many times did you try different passcodes? He's like a lot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So I told him, okay, well, while we're waiting for this to happen, why don't you walk me through like what numbers kind of sent to you? Was it your birthday? Was it this? And he told me straight up, he's like, I just picked a random number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The look on your face must have been priceless. Dude. <laughs> I'm like oh my god i'm in my mind i'm like what the fuck because thinking? no and you're so mad at yourself that you're like i thought i raised you smarter than this the thing is is that all i could hear in his voice because it was the parent that told me like he came in strutting just change my <laughs> like he's building independence for himself yeah. right but he didn't think it all the way this through. is the start of my empire yeah i'm about to just <laughs> blow i mean oh, i'm about to blow up yeah so what I realized is that I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, he really wants to live. Like he really wants to explore and be these things. And so I pulled him aside. I'm like, look, man, I know that you're trying to be and see like who you could be, how you could be, you know, what, what suit feels like it fits. I yeah. can see that's what you're doing right now. And in this particular instance, what did you learn? And he's like, like, I should pick a passcode that I'm like, some things just don't need to be changed for your path of independence. Like your passcode actually is unique because it's actually my wife's passcode. It's Laura's passcode that she has for her iPad. But he wanted to be different, so he changed one number of yeah. that passcode. Yeah. 
that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Has no ties to him whatsoever. And I told him that and he was like, oh, <laughs> but because we knew that right. passcode, right. he was like, I wanted something different. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I get that. You don't want to be me. I know that you don't want to be your brother. I know that you don't want to be anyone else while at the same time, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to stand out too much. You yeah. don't want to do And I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, it just gets worse. Yeah. What happens next just gets worse. Right. <laughs> this dichotomy between like, I want to stand out, but I want to fit in. Yeah. I want to be different, but I want to be too different. Right. So this is just an early stage for me. Right. Oh man. So like, that's the highs and lows that he had. He had this, like, I'm riding high. I got these sunglasses. I'm this like independent man going into my, you yeah. know, fifth grade. I'm about to step up. I'm the king of the, of the class because yeah. of how our system yeah. works and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. You are, you think these things, and I don't want to break confidence because no. once you break confidence, dude, well, they can't be, get that back. That, yeah. You, you know, kids that don't have confidence. So you want to give them a little bit of rope, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. And this is the first, one of those first moments where he, the part that you said that was most influential in there was the embarrassment part, because when you're like that moment, not only was hard because now he can't get into his iPad that totally. he really wanted that he thought was going to be his own. Now he completely just fucked himself. Oh my God. But now everybody at the party or, you know, where you were at knows. And so and that now, was the thing that got brought up. Right. Oh my God. So here's my parent fail. You ready for this shit? <laughs> Rookie move. So, uh, so because that parent was already like, you sure you wanted to do that? I then said, like, I just saw him crying and everything. And I was yeah. like, all right, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I walked in and said, everything's all right. I'm like, yeah, Miles changed his passcode. Doesn't know what he changed it to. And now we're kind of stuck. So all the other parents. So it's three couples, yeah. right? Three parents and yeah. their kids. And so now a couple of parents came up and like, Hey man, heard you locked yourself out of your iPad. And Miles goes, God, did dad tell everybody? Oh, shit. fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Okay. In those moments. So let's, let's walk this through. Okay. As a parent hanging out with other parents, it would be really weird if they're like, is Miles okay? And you're like, yeah, it's nothing. It would like, be weird. And and you don't want to tell them. Like, is that, it so bad? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's, in our minds, obviously, it's not that bad. Right. He'll get over it. Um, and you don't want to be the weird parent that's like, and I, when I say weird, it's it's okay to be say, hey, yeah, he locked himself out of the, the iPad, so now he's pissed off. So what? You shared that. And now the kid is all up in arms because you shared it with everybody but it is a big deal to him at that moment in time he'll remember this 100 probably for a long time because he's at the age where you start to really remember significant like memories and if he is in the stage where he's trying to be independent and trying to do these things he's going to remember like everybody at we went to wisconsin i remember everybody he won't remember details he'll just remember this weird feeling of like man i completely failed or I complete like not a fail, but you know, like I, know exactly I, I completely, I made a mistake yeah. that was obvious yeah. and it had a huge effect on me. And then it Maybe. was like, it was X or it was more yeah, because it was then exposed at yeah. the same time. He, he totally. could, he can totally. Do, and, and you as a parent, you sit back and go, Oh, how could I avoided that? Well, fuck dude. Who gives a fuck if you oh, avoid it or not? I know. Every, no, no, I know. But I think parent, parents out there have to hear this. Like, oh, I hear what you're like, saying. 
we are going, we try to protect our kids from fucking everything. And the best thing you can do is make sure that they fuck up a lot, to be honest with you, because they learn, you know, I think the most important thing for a kid is to let them fail as much as possible, but let them know that you will still be there to give them support, not, not to help them or bail them or out. bail them out or, but if you make an honest mistake, if you try hard and you just mess up, it, we can get through this. We're going to get through it together. You might pay some, some prices and I may not bail you out, but I still love you. Yeah. I still love you. I still support you. You are a valued person to me. Right. And you matter. Right. right. Like those things you have to, but, but we as parents cannot protect our kids from everything that is doing them a disservice. And, and so and I think that's the hardest part about parenting Yeah, is knowing how much to have hands on, how much to have hands off 100%. each scenario requires a different approach for yeah. each kid yeah. who requires a different approach. Those of you who have multiple kids, you know, they're not the same, they're yeah. not the same kid. Yeah. And you're not going to even know, like you can't go through life analyzing every moment of the day in situations and how you should act or react because hindsight's twenty twenty. You're going to go back and you're going to look at it and go, Oh, I should have done this or that. Oh, we're all fucking watching film. On watching film. Parents, exactly. Right? Like we just talked about. <laughs> we started off the, the episode watching, watching film. film. If we could watch film on our everyday life, you imagine if you had film to watch you every day, just even walk around. Oh you, my you God. You ever see yourself on to film? See walk? yourself like you ever see yourself oh walk on film? You, <laughs> you look, I, at least I do. When I look at myself, walk on film, I'm like, who's the Neanderthal <laughs> <laughs> that got inside my body? Cause I walk like, like, I mean, I grew up on a farm. My dad's a bricklayer and I lifted weights a lot and played football. I look like that. But in my head, I look really suave when I'm walking. <laughs> Fucking James Bond. I am free. Oh, bro. I am. I'm like, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I look at what myself, on, especially now with this fucking leg that I have, I'm limping. My, 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 my butt is big. It's like hockey butt. <laughs> so if we had film on ourselves dealing with our kids, we'd be like, wow, wow. We are bad, bad at this. I don't know a single parent who when they drove home the day their kids were born wasn't like you sure there's not more you should be giving me before i, I leave here today i think and that's happening every day <laughs> all I'm day like, can you give me every day can you give me some gauze day. some band-aids totally. i don't get a, like kit a medical the hospital kit that gives me all these things you guys are <laughs> like there should be you slacking. open up a drawer in your house and it should say like choking grab this yeah, uh, vomiting. Totally. Grab this. It shouldn't even have words. It should be pictures. What, whatever, Johnson and Johnson. If you're out there totally. listening, develop something for us to take home when <laughs> can solve some problems. No, I remember the first time I, you know, every person out there that has a kid remembers the very first time they drove their very first child home from the hospital. Oh my god! And put them in the car seat in the back. Oh yeah. And was like, 
there is no way I'm getting on this highway. No. I will take five hours to get home and take every side road that I can. Oh, yeah. And you're sitting there in the front by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you're like, get away. Get Get away from me. Like, honey, it's just a car at a stop sign. Getting getting advice from your missus on how to Mm -hmm. drive better. You're like, I don't need I don't need that support right now. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, you know, your son is in going into fifth. My oldest is going is seventh grade. And uh she's she's a great kid though, man. I mean, she is uh, we we got I say we got lucky. I mean I wanna say I wanna say that, you know, hopefully we're doing something right. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of parents would attest to this, that, you know, you can do everything right, quote unquote, as a, as a parent, but there still can be something that happens and your, your kid could, you know, do make wrong choices. Let's say, because you can't predict life. You can't predict, you know, what happens in every moment. We, we all make, choices and going back to when you were in seventh and eighth and you know through high school how many choices did we make that could have went wrong you know it had nothing to do with how i was necessarily raised i mean in the moment you're just making decisions i think one of the hardest things is i love hearing other parents with their kids and they'll talk about like they just need to they just need to when i was a kid when i was a kid i'm like yeah you know the thing is when you were a kid, you were an asshole. <laughs> you were an asshole who justified your feelings, who justified your actions, who justified all the things that you did because you were a fucking kid. Yeah. And when we see our kids doing the same exact thing, making the choices that they make, mm-hmm. your hope is, is that in the scary situations, you know, I just need in those life and death situations and those, you know, working with the law situations that you I did enough that you can at least navigate those in this stage. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure as they get older, it's other stages like life partners and, you know, work life balance and Mm -hmm. all these different things, man. And so, you know, I think that's this weird dichotomy is that, you know, cause I'm where you and I are sitting here speaking from the place that we're at, right? right? This is our experience. This is as much as we have, you have as much experience as a seventh grader, and a fourth grader, I have as much experience as a fifth grader and a second grader. And they're our individual kids. Right. So I only know the personalities of my sons. Right. You only know the personalities of your daughter and your right. son. And every parent is navigating the personalities of every single one of their kids. Yeah. And as each one of us is different, as each one of them are different, we're all trying to do the same, the same thing. All of us are completely different trying to accomplish the same thing, which yeah. is I want my kids to be safe. I want them to have the mental, physical, and emotional capacity to navigate the world and do so and strive for things that they want while at the same time trying to minimize their hardships because that just breaks our heart. Yeah. But and be good people. And be good people to other people. You and I know how lucky we've been. Yeah. And how much luck plays into a factor of decisions that were poor and you were able to come out on the other side of it because I have friends who made similar decisions and they weren't as lucky. Yeah. And so there's just no guarantee to your point. 
you could raise both of your kids the same way and they won't be the they same. won't be the same person right? you have to exactly. raise your kids as they are as individuals yeah. and that's the hard part as parents is because all of us know as early as like a year how truly individual they are yeah they already have their own personality they already have their own way of doing things they already have their own perspective about the world and you're a part of their perspective. Yeah. They're seeing you and how you do things. I can tell now my tone and my sons, you doing okay, dad? <laughs> I'm like, oh. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cause I'm in a good mood too. Yeah. I'm like, so am I usually in a bad mood? Am I, am I the <laughs> asshole? Dad? <laughs> I can tell you, but man, it's a parent. My right? dad's like, a great guy right now. But when I was growing up, I was like, man, my dad, I know an you talk about you, you real quick sidebar. You talk about, and I mean, we've, you and I have had several conversations throughout our friendship, uh, offline that, you know, both our dads were great fathers because they taught us the right things, but like they didn't tuck us in and give us kisses and like, no, you know, but your dad now, Oh my God. I mean, when I, when oh I God. see him, he, he, I mean, you weren't here the the last time that they were here, you had gone to go get food, I think, or something. And they had just gotten in from, they drove from like Maryland. Yeah. And it had been probably what, like a 14 hour drive or something. Or it was a day. Hour. Yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, I come over to, you know, drop something off and, uh, he's like, Mark, is that you? And he like gets up and he's like, good to see you. And he gives me a big hug. I'm like, God damn, this is not the guy that, you know, I mean, I know the, you know, I know the situation because it's exactly my dad. Like you meet my dad and he's like, Hey, how you doing, Jeremy? Good. And it's so funny how I'm sure at the time that's the pressure of being a parent, like the pressure of being a parent when it's so, so uh, opportunistic for it, things to go bad or things to go well, you need to rely on what you know best and what he knew best. And my dad knew best was discipline. Yeah. And I love that you use that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all the Gen X uh, guys out there, when they're like, oh, yeah, grounding, that must be nice for you. We got discipline when we were growing up. I just want to be clear about that. But, like, you know, so, but, and then, but he, here's the thing. Here's the great, great, the great thing about it is he sees how you've been successful and how, what a nice, like, life you've created for yourself with your beautiful family and two kids. And he's like, see, motherfucker, I won. Yo, let me no, tell you something. I'm, you know, let me tell you something. And good for him. He sent me a box of these super rare cigars. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Tony Walton out there. Yeah. Uh, and my mom, Julie Walton, um, this box of cigars from Cuba, dude, when we smoke them, like I know for a fact, it's going to be like butter. Yeah. Like I can't even express yeah. to you. I looked them up yeah. online on the cost and yeah. like what people are looking for, for these particular types of cigars. And I had to call him like, what the fuck are you doing? Dad? <laughs> Son, I'm just so proud seeing the man that you are today. Like it's, it's, I'm overwhelmed often because it wasn't easy and now knowing his past and our father's past like i have to say i don't want to toot horns here but i do feel like our generation and i'm seeing a lot of dads out there on a regular basis who are working their ass off 
trying, trying to be emotionally available to their children, trying to speak um, to their children on an emotional level so that they mm-hmm. could be more than the disciplinary, more right. than the 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 this is the way the archetype of what you know a father should be it's like i'm taking we talked about this all the time you and i uh, when we were early fathers about the kind of father we'd be like hey man what kind of dad do you want to be and i remember we both said the same thing i want these aspects of what was raised to me i want these aspects of what helped build men because it did make me ready to take on the hardships of what life will be right but at the same time there were some moments where I needed yeah. some things that were not available yeah. to me. Yeah. And so now you and I are working with not having that, trying to provide to our sons. And I'm sure we're making very common and constant mistakes in the yeah. process of doing that. But I will tell you is what I've seen in this generation more than the previous generation of dads. I'm seeing a hell of a lot more trying yeah. to do that yep. and to be that. Yeah. And I do feel like mistakes aside it it benefits in the long run yeah otherwise why would we even be trying we'd 100%. be following like verbatim what was displayed put uh bestowed upon them right while they were coming up exactly right? uh and that's what makes it difficult is because our children make these decisions and then they make these reactions and i'm like oh, so how do i do this like how do i react to this how do i respond to this right. what am, what's the lesson here because what you were taught was to react a certain way right but you know that that way you personally know that you want a little bit more right like you right. know how to react that way because right. you you were taught that a certain way to react and it's it's done well for you but also there's a little bit more that you needed yeah, I, I believe it's just that empathy, you know, it's, it's, um, and it, it's, it's an overused term these days. It is, but, but I think that's but it's, the example of meeting them where they are. That's yeah, what empathy is. And, and, you know, there's, there's still discipline. There's still accountability. Still need for that. Yeah. But there's some empathy, you know, like with Ellie, we talk about everything uh, and you know, I, if you asked her, I'm sure she doesn't tell us everything. Of course. I'm very positive of that, which she shouldn't. She should. I'm when I, when I say that, like th- there should be things that she wants to share with friends that she doesn't necessarily always want to share with parents. I believe though, that we've opened the door enough for her to share most of what maybe is going on with her. Um, and can I she, say something to that? Yeah, yeah. I feel like w- when you say that, I, I feel like we all, y- you want to have conversations about friends and about people in your school and these things that you, you don't want to involve us. I get that. But when the chips are down, when mm-hmm. there's like serious things going on, yeah. I feel like our hope is that yeah. we've left it set where you'd come to us yeah. for help. Yeah. And you would know that we would be coming from a place of love to help you navigate whatever right. those big things are. Cause right. like the ups and downs of everyday life, like we're all dealing with that. You don't need to share me with all those yeah. things, but you know, serious heartbreak, serious betrayal, serious consequences. Like we want to be a part of those things. Yeah. Right. When, it's, it's just weird though. When like there's, there's some specific things that I do on a daily basis to try to make sure that she understands that 
when anything happens, you still have my support. Do you have some examples if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So like every morning currently right now, because Jen has to go downtown for work for days of the week. Um, I stay and do like the morning routine. Yeah. uh, Help get the kids breakfast or lunch or whatever. Jen maybe makes it the night before sometimes, but I'm there in the morning when the kids get up and then I just get them off to the bus and then I go to work. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere uh, that when you give somebody a hug, you have to hug them. (laughs) This is crazy. But it said 18 seconds for there to be like a hormonal response of that feeling of like love. And um, so I literally every morning when Ellie wakes up, I come when she comes down, I have like, I don't have breakfast ready, but I'm already showered in process of, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. You're ready to start your day. I'm, I'm already, yeah, I'm (laughs) good. And she comes down and I give her a hug. Yeah. And in my head, I count to 21 seconds because I want to make sure that it's 18. Right. Like I got a three second buffer and I do that every day. And I think like not, let, let's just say that that's all bullshit. Okay. As far as the, the hormones and release. Oh, I see. She has something every morning. She knows she's going to get up and she's going to get a hug from her dad. And it sounds like she doesn't. Um, it's almost like my day wouldn't start right if I didn't get this. And, and she, you know, Jen, yeah. Jen, Jen is there on Wednesdays. We don't even, I didn't even tell Jen that we were doing this. Like I didn't, I didn't even think about it. And then one day I gave her a big hug and I, I, it's my normal thing. And, and Jen was like, I don't even get a hug like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, sorry. I, I I told her the story. Uh, I read somewhere where this, and, and, Do uh, do, do you do that for tuck? Do you mind me asking that? Yeah. Awesome. So I, so then he gets up afterwards. Yeah. And I do the same thing for him. And uh, I don't know if it's making a difference, but my point being that there are certain things that I try to do that will hopefully help them understand that, you know, I'm super disciplined. I'm super um, like the, the archetype of like father figure. And, but I also try to carve out those little moments that can make a difference in how they view me as their dad. That is special. Like the other night when I put, you know, I just gave her a kiss goodnight or whatever and could give Tucker a kiss goodnight. And she was like, dad, can we, can we just spend some, cause I've been with Tucker so much with the kid, uh, with football, football and everything. Yeah. She's like, can we just have some time to ourselves sometime soon? I'm like, Absolutely. Totally. And I don't think, you know, that to me is, is the special moment when, you know, hopefully you're doing the right thing, you know, that they ask to spend time with you because it's pretty soon. It's not going to happen. Oh, 100% man. My friend was visiting and, uh, he has four daughters and one's going to college. One's in high school. One's 
two of them just got done with this cheerleading competition and so he's not in my stage yeah. and he's watching me where the boys get excited about all these things he's like man i wish the girls got excited about oh, anything really? and i didn't even think that was a thing yeah. that would go away he's like now right. we do stuff and they're like yeah yeah i know i was like "Ooh, really he's like oh yeah well, like to see your kids like we're doing this and then you're yeah like, you need to ride that but bad boy and, into and the that's, sunset. that's starting to happen a little bit is it yeah in I don't know what it is necessarily if it's if at that around that age, they seriously just don't know, because I would imagine at that age, there's so much so many hormones that are attacking their body in different ways. And they're like, I really don't know what if I want to do. Yeah, I don't know what I'm I want to do. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm, like, I'm just in this moment because right now. I just don't know what I want to do. And we're like, <laughs> make it just make mind. a decision. Yeah. <laughs> Just do this. Yeah, Just yeah, be this. Yeah. I know. Totally. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, you know, you, I don't know. You just, you want to, you want them, you want them to be themselves, but also you want them to be happy. And you're like, if, how can you not, how can you not figure out something that makes you happy? Like I will do anything. Let's, oh, let's, let's go do anything. You want to go like, go. I don't know. I can't even think. Let's I know what you mean. Movies. Let's go to. I know to, what you mean. What do you. I, and, and I wouldn't buy. I, I, I'm not one of those. I'm not going to buy Taylor Swift tickets for $1,000. <laughs> totally. But like if like just say you want to go. I would at least know that's something you like that, to do. That's, that's something you like to do. No, you're you're absolutely right. Because uh, I've met some parents who's. And this was actually something that reminded me of this when I was still single and young. And this one parent was like my nightmare is that my kid has no interest in anything yeah this dad was like i was i was leaning on every single thing just to get him motivated about something i just wanted to be motivated about something and i'm like what is he motivated about? He goes, nothing i even said do you like hot girls and he's like yeah he goes can't get hot girls with <laughs> c grades doing this that or the other if you want hot she's i was scraping anything i could to try to motivate him and this other client was the same thing he's like he's just like not motivated. I was, I would rather you be motivated about things that weren't great. At least you'd be motivated about something. And I, I, had, I couldn't help but think, but of what you're really saying, right? Cause what you're really saying is, is that, and I agree. Ambivalence is, un, is scary. Yeah. Ambivalence is, <clears throat> is, you know, shit jobs and shit life. And you're just working to just, well, because you, if they're, if they're going down a negative path, yeah. if they like something negative, in your mind, yeah, that's negative. You you have a a direction and where you think you can turn them because at least they have motivation towards something, right? If if you have nothing to work with, you're you. It's like how sand, do you spark something that's not you, there? You said you said it a couple uh, episodes ago about like sand falling through your hands. Yeah, it's like you can't grab it, so you there's can't nothing do tangible with to work it. with, right? And so you're like, give me something, yeah, Just give me something. But I but I believe there's a period in time in a very uh, in a, a young youth age probably around it probably starts around 11 to probably through somewhat through like junior year in high school and probably sometimes senior year because you ask how many how many seniors have you asked like and, and this is an unfair question for that kid but it's a traditional question it's like where are you going to school and what do you want to do yeah what are you going to study or what are you going to study and it's like it's like that's such bullshit because 
their brains aren't even fully developed and we're trying to ask them what they want to do for the rest of their life. When the question should be is what are you interested in? Exactly. That should really be the end, yeah. the question. And because at that time they are they're interested in some things. In, in like by by probably sophomore year, they've probably if freshman year is just a, a catastrophe. One hundred percent. Because you're going into high school, you don't have no idea what you're doing. And let's just and be you're real. trying to find friends. The difference between a fourteen year old and a fucking eighteen year old is might as well huge. be the difference between a fucking twenty year old and a forty year old. Yeah. That's what it feels like in high school. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. And so you know, to ask a freshman what they want to do. So you, you, let's say a freshman is like, what, 14, 15, basically. Yep. And then you have uh, down to, you know, seventh grade, which is, you know, 12, 13. You know, from, from let's just say 11 to 15 or 16, there are several years where they just don't even know what they want to do. And this is what we talk about all the time as parents. It's okay. Trying to like... I just want to give you as much exposure as possible. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time about all kids benefiting from exposures to language, cultures, food, yeah, experiences. Yeah. It sets different tones for different yeah. cultures. It helps with uh poverty when people yeah. know like what's possible. Like you at that age that you're talking about, if you can expose children to That's as many point. different things as possible. That's a really good point. Like almost um, like going to museums yeah, or going to natural history museums yeah. or going to and like exposing them. Because here's, you know, what I've learned with Ellie, especially is in school, you know, when they're teaching sociology and economics or and then you get into like world history you only have so much time to teach certain things so they're going to teach certain things right and so you're not getting obviously everything there there are gaps that need to be filled and i think as parents that's the you have to do that you have to find out what they're learning which is great figure out what they're learning in school and what they're teaching them but then fill the gaps in and, and to your point, like go to museums or go to, or, or just, you know, read more books with your kids about certain aspects that they may not be getting in school. We talk about this at dinner nightly. We will bring in aspects of what I think, especially history, American history, like we talk about this it's a kids episode, bro. I know. Just remember that. I know you're right. But we, we bring in a lot of stuff that is not taught in school because I think it's important for them to have a different view of, you know, what they, um, get exposed to. And I'm not saying different, but just more like give them more information. Like here's some information that you may not have thought of do with it what you want, but know that, you know, you're only being told what they can teach during a eight hour day or a one hour period, you know, and that's okay. Their teachers are doing the best they can and the schools are doing the best they can. But at the end that's of the day, you only have so much time yes. and you as a parent need to be educating your kids on 
otherworldly aspects to your point. So like if a kid is between the age of 11 and 15 and their only exposure is what they're learning in school and you as a parent are too busy, too busy to sit down and say, hey guys, what'd you learn today? Okay, great. So what about this? Do you think about this? Have you thought about this? And give them your perspective because you're the adult. You have 20 more years or 30 more years of experience under your belt. And you at this, if you're a 40 year old person and you're listening to this podcast, you have had more experiences than any other person before you in your lineage. Right. In the sense of worldviews, access to information. You have that at your fingertips. It's your job as a parent to help provide your kids with a little more knowledge. And so you need to ask them, what do you, what are you being taught? What, what did you learn today? And I, I never try to um, disregard what is going on in school because they're doing the best they can. They are like, they're, they're like, no matter what anybody wants to think about, like, what teacher every every teacher probably has listen they're going to they're going to teach a certain way because that's how they were raised or that's how they were brought up or whatever you cannot disparage a teacher because they're trying to help we are looking after third fourth and fifth grade students for 90 minutes right two times a week <laughs> right two times a week and the amount of different personalities, their attention span, attention span alone, <clears throat> the emotional conflicts of who feels justified and what action this and that. Mm -hmm. And in between all that, you're supposed to convey history, yeah, math, yeah, writing, literature, etc. Right. So I'm with you. I'm with you. The work of a teacher is not is not light work. Well, and it's not to completely. Com wholeheartedly all around educate your child. No. It's your job as a parent to help educate them in the areas that they might not be getting right in school. One, well, and then this is it, right? So then as you're saying this, right? One of the things that always is the most brutal part, I think of parenting and you're about to get into it is in elementary school, you're learning like, Christopher Columbus discovered America and this is this history and this is that history. Right. And all of a sudden middle school comes around and you're like, okay, so here's how this really went down. Right. And you're like, right. right. What's that now, Charles? Right. So <laughs> I'm sorry. There are people already here. This is what's really going on. It's their first touch to slavery. It's their first touch to these things. And now, and I'm not trying to get into all the extra y'all. That's not what this is about. It's my point in saying we try to protect our kids to maintain their youth because they don't need to kind of confront the realities of the world yet. Wow. At the same time, you had a bomb threat at school today. Yeah. And we're dealing with like some pretty harsh things that are in fact realities in yeah. our day to day. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think that it's not just the teachers. I think it's not just the parents. I think that just like in tribes before the community raises the children, it would be pretty neat. I just, this just popped in my head Yeah, when you said it's not just the parents, it's not just the teachers. Um, it would be pretty neat if it's a slippery slope because once you open it up to, um, subjectivity, 
then you're going to have a shit show. But if you could somehow work with the community and say, hey, guys, this is what the curriculum is for the year. If you guys have any feedback on the curriculum, I, it, I, now that I speak this out loud, <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Oh, I, because no, I, your intentions, I see all the things that you're talking like, about. I, and what I, this, that's what makes all of this so hard. Yeah. I think that as I look at today's society, what's really difficult, especially in the States, we're supposed to be the ones setting the tone for what progress could be, should be, when given the opportunity to elect your leaders, live with the freedom of speech, to bear arms, all the things that come along with our constitution. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the aspect of all those things, we're gonna raise our children to then be the next leaders and to do the same. Right. And we're all operating off of our previous generation's wins and losses mm -hmm. and hopes that we can do a better job. So as I look in our current state, I look at our past, I look at the projections of our future, it's really easy to get complacent. It's really easy to point blame. It's really easy to do, et cetera, et cetera. But yet everyone I know from my generation and up would say that hard work still matters. Mm -hmm. Grit still matters. Discipline but I just want to remind matters. everyone that our current generation, our current generation was listed the fucking loser generation <laughs> of right. having no aspirations right. and having no things. And right. so we are constantly in a perpetual thing of blaming the next generation for not having as much yeah. grit as yeah. we had or having yeah, yeah. as much drive as we yeah. had, et cetera. Yeah. So but the, that's progress because I we agree. invent things to make it easier for us. I agree. Right. And I think your hope in automizing, uh, sorry, automating some things yeah. so that we can have more time to do X, Y, and Z, but all what it's ended up happening is that we just work more. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 So I'm with you. My two cents is this. I still think communities have a big impact on the youth and on their elderly and on the community itself. I think that as I watch what the fathers in our community are trying to do, what the mothers in our community are trying to do for our children um, is really uh it's really invigorating for me. Yeah. Like I meet some of these dads who have teenagers. You and I've had conversations with some of these dads who have teenagers and hearing them, uh, one of the kids of the dads was driving a car and they're learning to drive and they're on a relatively busy street in a more, you know, traffic heavy area. And they now have to navigate those things. And they got in a car accident because some, other person <laughs> yeah. fucked up and this person doesn't know how to adapt to someone else fucking up. Yeah. And he's like, I can't get mad at her, but at the same time, now my car is fucked up. So yeah. I got to get this fixed. And so it's yeah. an annoyance and we have to navigate all those things. And that's the level of stress that we're navigating in this day and age with this style of parenting, with this generation that we're parenting. Yeah. Where social media is a aspect and the internet is an aspect and mm -hmm. all the things that go along with that. Like, 
I go back to what we've talked about in every single podcast. There has not been a day that you've woken up and known what to do. You are doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have based on your history, based on your life experiences. And it's enough. And your only hope, your only hope is that all of those experiences and all those challenges and all the things that you're doing hopefully produce the best that you can for what you're doing. Yeah. There is a little bit of predictability. A little bit. A little bit of predictability on a day-to-day basis because nothing has happened to mess up that predictability so far. In, In that for the last three days, my alarm clock went off and I woke up and I showered and I ate breakfast and then I got my kids off to school and I went to work. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. No. Right. But yeah, there are some changes that have occurred that we've adapted to. 100%. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like today. Yeah. Like today. And like some of the shootings that occurred at schools, like it, I didn't think this would be something that we as parents would have to navigate. I, I didn't think so when, um, I wasn't a parent, but by the time I became a parent, I knew, I knew for those that are just listening today, there was a threat of a bomb at the school that my daughter attends middle school. It was a middle school. And so we're doing this podcast after that, that the evening of, and if you, not to be a Debbie Downer, like you just said, if you think to yourselves like, well, how can you talk and laugh? And it's, this is our release. This is what we needed. We didn't, we weren't going to do a podcast and I, we needed to just sit down and talk about being parents. And the hardest part about this morning is you hit on the head is the unpredictability of everyday life. Like you woke up, you thought everything was going to be fine because you did the same thing you did on Friday morning is the same thing you did on Thursday morning is the same thing you did on Wednesday morning. But today was different. Right. And so now you have to deal with that. And you know what? It's freaking crazy, but you, you dealt with it and that's not the normal continues to change the bar like everybody everybody wants normal to be the same normal always changes it does that's that's what and human beings we are by far in the recorded history of earth the most adaptable species to ever live agreed and so like, can you imagine that a species would have everything that's happened to this species? Think about everything that's happened to the species. We've had world wars happen to the species and we're still surviving. It's funny you say that because the way I say it is we are a self-inflicting. 100%. We, we're, that's a different episode. That 100%. survives our own. Demise. Yeah. yeah like, 100%. honestly, like we... Yeah. I, <sighs> This isn't a shit talking session when I say this, but we are just an odd species yeah. of existence. Yeah. I can tell you without a doubt, 
I have made decisions logically knowing they were bad decisions, but emotionally saying to myself, like, whatever, I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. this tonight. I'm yeah. doing this right now. Yeah. Whatever the consequences, I'm ready. And you know, it's going to cause more work for you. You know, it's going to cause more emotional strain for you. You know, it's going to cause whatever for you, but you did it anyway. And this is at teenage years. This is in my twenties. This mm-hmm. is in my thirties. This is on a bad Tuesday in my forties. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like you make decisions and now we're these human beings making decisions in raising our children and in hopes that they make their own decisions. Right. And we perpetuate this, this process. And I can tell you, of course, logic doesn't make sense in these situations because when you can still go back to the day that your children were born and you see the helplessness and that picture doesn't ever go away. That feeling never goes away. Yeah. And so here we are in this particular area for you and me Yeah. of where our kids are in their growth. And here we are 10 years from now having another conversation about where they are in their life yeah. and who we are at that time. And we look at the world and the kids in the world and the adults in the world and the elderly in the world and all the things that go along with that. And we hope, can we still make progress? Can we still make positive change? Can we still make growth? Can we still hope that ourselves as human beings can do better? Right. Can we actually do better in how we raise our children and how we communicate with ourselves? And I have to believe that of course, all of us still think that otherwise we would have blown ourselves up a long time ago. We really would have, right? Yeah. Yeah. We really would have. There's still not hope there. I was just going to say, it comes back to hope. I agree. Yeah. It comes back to hope that because for some reason in human, in the human, I think every species has hope. Like when you, when you think about, when you look at and like, let's say, let's just take, you know, your, your most, um, mundane and 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 uh uh what am i thinking of like the the pet that everybody has the most is a dog right yeah. and you come home and every day that pet that dog is there for you that dog has hope every day it's like oh he's coming home and when he comes home, I'm going to wag my tail and I'm just, he's going to make me the happiest. Like he knows you're coming home, right? So every species has hope. We as a species have a brain that understands what hope is. Consciousness. It's the consciousness of like, I'm here now and I know what could be later i and i understand what happened in the past i think the study is that we're the only species that has the ability to have like vision to a possible future based on actions taken behaviors you know adapted etc so like that dog wagging his tail is yeah everybody says it's it's you know it's because it's been trained and it's been it learns the behavior but to uh, to uh, impose a reaction uh, right. on its owner, yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna sit there because I know you're gonna give me a treat. But 
when you walk through the door, that dog's joy is like no other, right? And that dog will sit there and wait for you to come home. Yeah. And it's because it has hope. And, but we as a species understand that that hope has also another thing behind it. Like right. there's another thing behind that hope, which is like the progression of what's next. Right. And, um, that is something powerful, you know, and we, we oftentimes, I think we lose sight of that. We lose sight of how powerful hope is. I think that's because we also forget just how unique having a life is. We have bills to pay. Yeah. We have responsibilities. Yeah. We have all these things. Yeah. But honestly, to exist in itself is so beautiful, so rare, so unique. And it's hard. And there's no answers. And there's no direction. And here we all have this consciousness that we're trying to navigate. And then we're trying to project our whatever we consider to be our uh, understanding of all this right. upon the next generation yeah. when we create right. kids. Right. I so got here. We are. I got the. I got it. I'm. I'm. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> right. I have not met a person yet who's like, no, I got it. I got it. Well, we do. Every person I and talk they to, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just decided to because I don't yeah. really do this anymore. Yeah. No, and that's the part, right? Like, because this isn't the podcast of answers, right? This no. is the podcast of opinions. Yeah. And as we're navigating all these things, like I sit no here idea. and I go through my fears of the decisions I make in my parenting. I go through the fears of the decisions I make with my marriage. I go through the fears of the decisions I make with my work and all the things in between. Jay, I bought Lucky Charms and I think I might fuck my kids up. Because <laughs> you bought Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Charms. Right. So let's just have a bowl of cereal on a Saturday morning and we'll reserve it for Saturday morning. Yeah. And that might also mess them up because then they don't have choices. I don't know. I know. Yeah. He's like, you know, he had Lucky Charms, but I wanted Pops. But I, I could didn't only, think that was an issue. I could only have him on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to live a life where I'm not opposed to only Saturdays. I'm trying to have a Friday, Saturday, Friday. Sunday experience with my exactly. cereal. Exactly. And Who you're knows? over here like, oh, this will be a nice treat. Yeah. Yeah. This whole extra yeah. thing. Extra you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. And so at the end of the day, I really do feel that the connection I have with the people in my life that I trust, uh, those who have similar principles and expectations of themselves, because at the end of the day, I always think of how do you think of yourself? And then if you get a collection of people who are all thinking, I have the ability to be the very best of who I am, the very best of what's possible for myself, the very best of these things. And when they are applying themselves to their kids, they're trying to apply what they feel is the best. Yeah. I can't ever give anyone shit no, right. for trying exactly. to for give trying. their best. Just give your best to their family. Yeah. How can you give them a hard time? Yeah. And when we all clash between the different styles of parenting and the different cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds when it comes to all the families that are out there 
all we can really do is figure out a way to communicate with each other, connect with each other, and then move forward, right? And I do still fall into the trap, man. I still see in the far distance this utopia of all of us fucking figuring it out. I still believe in that. To your point about hope, yeah. I still think there's yeah. a moment in our future that if we've only used 10% of our brain, and I'm like, even if we get to 30%, maybe we could just calm the fuck down and enjoy a football game. <laughs> call it but until then. Yeah but, yeah, but listen, the football game is played by savages. You know what I mean? Which I'm You're a savage, right. right? So like you can't have this utopian world and then have the, then, and then have these No, you're people. right. Right. You're right. There might be some sacrifices that have to be made Sacrifice. or some changes that have right. to be made. Right. It's a it's a crazy world. <sighs> hey. But the point is yeah. parents out there. You or are, those who I, assume I hopefully, salute you. Yeah. I salute you in Please, all the yeah. effort you make. I yeah. salute you in all the reading you've done and all the hacks you've taken on and all the approaches you've taken on for your children because we all know that at the end of the day we're trying to do the best with what we can with what we know and that's not a small thing no it isn't and you wake up every day and you do your best and put your head down on a pillow at night and know that as long as those kids understand that you love them and that you support them for who they are as human beings, because you, you created them like you created them and, uh, they didn't exist till you bro. Yeah. And they may make some decisions that you don't agree with, but man, you, you owe it to them to support them. You brought them in. You must carry them through. I love you, bro. Love you, buddy. Till next time. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.